This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I am Brian McFadden, two-time Super Bowl champion. You're listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast. Sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises, I'm your host, Obi-Wan G. Stryker. And with me are both of our draft Jedi Masters for Steeler Nation, Matt Papiernik and Ben McCallion. Matt and Ben, welcome back from your weekends away. I hope you enjoyed the draft at least as much as I have. And may the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you as well. I'm happy to be back. Yes, yes, it was a long weekend. Oh, so it was for me as well. I just stayed on this computer the whole weekend. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I had a good time. We had lots of laughs, and Steeler Nation was amazing at uh, you know chatting and, and, and keeping me going the entire time. So we had a blast. We had an absolute, absolute blast uh, for the draft <laughs> coverage, which ended up coming close to about 18 hours. Uh, and I think I was only off screen for about eight minutes, but people don't want to see me go to the bathroom, so that's the way we do it. <laughs> so first things first, I wanted to touch on a couple things before we jump headfirst into the draft. And that's a couple of the moves that just happened here um, in free agency, especially the one today. Um, That was the signing of Alejandro Villanueva to the Ravens on a two-year, $14 million contract with eight mil guaranteed. Now, the call is that he's supposed to be starting at left guard until Stanley comes back, and then he's expected to move to right guard. I wanted to get everybody's thoughts, at least on this move, financially and what it means to you guys. Yeah. I mean, I think that I, I think the market for the tackle position, I don't think it's as little as, uh, as that luxurious as what the Ravens think. I think that was a lot kind of for, um, um, now I, I, I love Al, I, you know, he, he was good for the Steelers for a specific amount of time. Um, obviously he fell off there. The Ravens may see something that the Steelers just don't. Yeah. Um, I personally think it was a little bit of a higher price tag than what he was worth. Um, I hate to say, I hope he does well, seeing that like once a Steeler, always a Steeler, but then once a Raven, always a Raven as well. I'm sorry, Chris Wormley, that's, it does not apply to you. Um, yeah. but I think that TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith are looking at their chops. And I agree with you there. Matt, do you have any insight also to add from your point of view? Sucks to see him leave, you know, because he was a um, loved member of the Steelers organization, especially with his background and everything of that nature. He was e- he was an easy guy to root for. Um, sucks also he's going to a rival because that, like Ben said, makes it harder to root for because um, <laughs> I think everyone around the NFL roots for a guy like that with uh, his background. But you know, um, time has come. I think they overpaid a little bit, but I guess. Uh, can you really overpay for someone who can be your left tackle? Week one, um, I guess not, but it, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think it was a wise decision for the Steelers to move on the point, the direction they're headed. Nice. And for me, you know, everything kind of worked out. It definitely, fourteen million was more than I thought Villanueva was worth. Um, Seven million, or at least eight million guaranteed. I was hoping to get him around six if we were going to bring him back five or six. But even that, like, it was time to move on from Villanueva. And the one aspect that I find the most interesting that the Ravens are trying to do with this is move him to right tackle. This is a guy who played wide receiver in college. This is a guy that was drafted and started playing as a defensive lineman. Then the Steelers took him from Philadelphia and turned him into an offensive tackle. And he's strictly been a left side tackle. So moving from left to right is one of the hardest things to do on the planet. We talked with Zach Banner about that as well. And this late in his career, like earlier on in your career, I think you could probably make the mechanical change. Like That's why swing tackles are so coveted. Because if you can switch your body movements to, to be completely opposite when you're doing the toughest job in the NFL, and that's you know holding the edge of that offensive line, 
um, to protect your quarterback and then get, make sure that the plays get off from the backfield. That's just, you can't make any mistakes. And on that side, he's going to have, if he's going to be playing right tackle, he's going to be having TJ Watt breathing down his neck. And that at least is a matchup that I'm looking forward to. I'm sure the two of them are great friends, but that matchup is one that TJ Watt, I feel, can exploit and hopefully get a lot more sacks this season. And next one on here quickly was that Terrell uh, Edmonds was declined the fifth-year option after Minka Fitzpatrick got his fifth-year option accepted. I was surprised, since this is supposed to be like around 6.75 mil, to uh, hold, to retain him as a safety. Uh, it, it must mean, I guess, the, the Steelers are ready to move on. Matt, I will start with you on this one. Uh, yeah, I think part of it definitely has to do with um, <clears throat> it now being fully guaranteed. Um, or originally when the rule came about, uh, it was just guaranteed for injury, so a team could cut him and move on if uh, you know if they weren't happy with his player or anything. Um, I think that plays a role in it because I think they want some cap flexibility going into next year. But then uh, also, I think uh, I do think they're interested in extending a long term. <clears throat> but uh, just one of those. Um, I think they might be hoping to try and get him in at a number lower than that. There were only two safeties that signed in free agency higher than that per year this offseason. So there weren't many going for that high of a price, at least in the open market. Yeah. So um, I think I'd def- I would like to see him stay around. Um, he's improved every year. Um, he's been consistent the last year and a half to two years. He ha- gets kind of an unfair uh, shape from a lot of Steelers fans. He was thrown into the fire early as a rookie and played the most snaps of any defender's rookie year on the first. So I-, I don't think they're looking to move on. I just think they're hoping to try and get a more team coming deal out of it. Good call. Yeah, and I agree with that. I mean, if, if the cap situation was different, I think that would also play into it as well. I mean, obviously the Steelers, pun intended, are bowling on a budget here, and they have to. So they're kind of doing – they're lining everything up where it's going to be a lot more favorable, I think, next year for it. Mm-hmm. And they're taking advantage of him still being under contract. And at the same point, too, it's still approved the year as well, which, of course, always – it's good for the player and it's good for the team. So it's going to be neat to see how he responds to that. Yeah. And again, just how the dominoes fall a year from now. And just for everyone joining today, it is May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. It is Star Wars Day. I am in theme. If you saw the promo, I was doing my Yoda impression. I was doing my Wookiee impression. Um, also got some of my fun stuff up here behind me with some Tauntauns, a Millennium Falcon, and a Rancor monster over there along with Slave One, um, Boba Fett ship. And uh, just showing my Star Wars pride today in my Jedi robes, coming to you guys, showing you the force that was administered in the draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers. See how I did that that segue? That's that's why I'm a professional, guys. That's good. (laughs) So let's start talking about the draft. This is why I have you guys on the show. You guys are awesome about talking about the draft. So first things first, number one pick. Najee Harris, I think, Ben, I at least got to talk to you about this early on day two. Didn't you pop on? Um, and and uh, I think I had, or we, did you try to it go? It was early day one. Early day one, yes, 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 yes. So we got to at least, um, we talked to Matt after the draft when it happened. I know, Matt, so we'll start with your impression. Matt, or Ben, <laughs> Ben Kenobi, I want to know your impression of <clears throat> Najee Harris. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. I am so happy. He's one that I think if we go back to, what, uh, at the beginning of March last month, I was saying Najee Harris, Najee Harris, and even on Thursday night, all about Najee Harris. Um, you know, as Kevin Dodson said, he's a polished product. He's ready to be thrown in there. Um, he is ready for some playing time, and he's a hungry player. I absolutely love it. Matt? Yeah, I like Harris. I like Harris a lot. Um, I was... You know, I'm happy he's a stealer. I'm gonna leave it down and stay positive. I'm happy he's a stealer. I think he's gonna do good things for him. He's gonna make he's gonna make him Pro Bowls. He's gonna yeah really re- help revitalize the run game. And if that's the case, that's a win. Honestly, it's just it's fun for me to have an actual running back back on the roster. Haven't drafted a first rounder since Mendenhall. Um, before that, I think it was Tim Worley, which was not the reason to draft a first round quarter. That one just didn't work out. Unfortunately, we didn't get Barry Sanders in that draft. It went just right for him. But this first-rounder looks like a win, looks more talented than the running backs from the previous year's draft. 
So I can't be upset with it. I know I was kind of leaning toward ETN. I'm wrong. And Pegas Harris, Steeler Nation, you were right. I was wrong. <laughs> so thank you very much, Steeler Nation and the Steelers. But I was right on day two. I started the show on day two, the draft day, stating I think we're going to go lineman, but there's one player I would definitely take if he's on the board over any lineman, and that was Pat Fryerman. So he ended up being on the board. Steelers took him, made me look like a genius. Uh, but, you know, I, who knows? I mean, I'm just throwing darts at a board. You know, I don't, I don't claim that I'm intelligent and understand the drafting. It's just what I thought was the right move for the Steelers. Turned out it was. So, Matt, let's start with you on Pat Fryerman. Um, I love the pick a lot. Uh, they don't have much depth at tight end. I didn't think he was going to be there. Um, and it worked out great because a lot of tight ends later in the draft went before the Steelers would have had a chance to pick them. Um, the next couple tight ends went before the third round pick, and even the other ones went earlier than I expected. So it ended up being a great pick for them. He's going to really help in the run game and in the passing game, really giving them an additional pick. Yeah. Ben? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's that added depth, and I think that we got him at a discount, um, which is great. I agree with Matt. I, I mean, I saw him going the first half of the second um, because it was honestly him and Kyle Pitts were like the top tier uh, ends there. Um, so, yeah, I was surprised by it. Um, I'm not mad at all, and I think he's going to be a major lift and a major asset here in the starting offense, ultimately. Nice. And I've got a couple questions over here on YouTube. Robert's asking me, my green drink that I have, if you don't watch Star Wars, you know that Luke likes drinking some green milk when he's alone on an island. Mmm. Delicious. And uh, my green milk is fortified with vodka and Kahlua. So this is a green Kahlua, or green, I guess it would be a green Russian. If you got to think about it, it's a green Russian. <laughs> green Russian. Russian. Star Wars is green Russian, so delicious. It's just a couple drops of blue food coloring. I was trying to make it blue, it turned green. So there you go. I love the mood. I think that's going to be his new nickname anytime Pat catches a ball, because who can say fryer mood? So like everybody is going to go moose every time. Got, I at least hope so. I'd love to have that moose <laughs> like Moose Johnson used to get over there in Dallas. I'm, I'm psyched for this pick. It's more <laughs> of a fun pick and at least a lot more talent. It's gonna, and I think it will help out Eric Ebron as well. And it's something that mm. he needs. He needs somebody to help him in the blocking game. We can have him come in and then split out wide with all the crazy stuff that Canada loves to run and let him be the receiver that we know and love him to be. So... Cheers. I hope I hope this one works out. Uh, next pick was Kendrick Green, the guard, listed as a guard out of Illinois. Ben, I'm going to start with you. Tell me, is this guy a guard? What is this guy? He was. He's going to be drafted as a center. I mean, or he was drafted as a center. He's going to be used as a center. Okay. I mean, uh, any, any more like an NFL coach, NFL scouts, they love to see any versatility along the line. You know, as you were saying, with like a swing tackle. Yeah. Very similar, you know, he's there at the center position. He's going to be used as a center. Yeah. You know, if there's an injury or a major gap there at any of the any of the guard positions, he'll just slide in and we have JC there. Uh, but he's going to be a center. And Matt? Yeah, same. Uh, he primarily played guard there as career, but he played a couple games at center last year. Um, I had him viewed as a guard coming out, so I didn't really have him on the Steelers' radar because they didn't really need a guard, and he was on the smaller side for a guard, and the Steelers love their big guards, evidenced by the Castro and uh, Dotson and even before that, Ramon Foster. They're, they're big boys, um, and Kendrick's a little smaller than that. But, um, yeah, as a center, I like him a lot more there. He's athletic as can be, extremely uh, close off the line, um, Tested the 99th and 100th percentile when he's supposed to test and so, um, he, He's a mean football player, too. He, They wanted physicality. They got physicality. Nice. And my cat is drinking my green drink. Um, I've never <laughs> seen her drink alcohol before, so we'll see how this is going to turn out for my cat. Um, <laughs> I, I personally, I, I saw at least in college that he played Mostly left guard. Looks like he, he was in there in center for a bit as well, especially in the bowl game. Um, and I think he also played center for senior bowl. Is that correct? Is the back of my knowledge correct? I believe so. I believe okay. so, yes. So that, that would be the thing that would push him up to be the center because that was the exchange. I'm like, yeah, Creed was on the board in the second round. A lot of Steel Nation thought we were going Creed. We took 
Fryermuth because there's really no other tight ends past he and Pitts. And that's it in this whole draft to me that were so anything but a project. And, you know, Steelers obviously braided it that way as well. Took their running back that they want, that they feel can start right away. Took their tenor, tight end that they know they, they can at least contribute right away. And now this center who's going to be thrown in the mix with uh, Hassenauer and DJ Finney. And we'll see the make may the may the best man be starting. And hopefully it's green like my drink. Cheers to you, Green. I'll drink a green drink in your honor. <laughs> I like it, I like it. Well, the, the next pick, number four. We went tackle. So this is what I loved about the draft, too, guys. Running back, tight end, center, tackle. First four picks. Rooney say, fix the run. Use four, first four picks in the draft for offense and offensive line. You're you're pushing to fix that running game. And this one being Dan Moore Jr., the offensive tackle out of Texas A&M. Matt, let me know what you think about this Aggie. Um, I like him a lot. Uh, there was a he had a wide variance of what people thought about him out there in the media. So uh, I've seen him anywhere from second round to the sixth, seventh round, and where people ranked him. But I like him a lot. Um, just like uh, Green and just like how the Steelers want. He's physical, he's tough, he's, he's a mean SOB, and he's going to really, you know, try and assert himself out there. Um, obviously, I don't think he'll start year one. He has some work to do, needs to work on some of his technique and things like that and with his hand usage and footwork, but he can probably be a good swing tackle to start the year. Um, him and Hay can fight that one out, but uh, I think in a year or two, he could really uh, be someone that can contribute uh, possibly even start. I think early on he could even be that sixth offensive lineman because of how tough and physical he is as a run blocker, kind of like how that Zach Banner was two, two years ago. That's that's big, and that's something that the Steelers needed because Hawkins was not cutting the mustard last year. Ben, your thoughts here on the newest tackle, Moore Jr.? Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think he was drafted as a starter. I mean, obviously that's why he, he, he fell so much as far as he did. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Matt where he was really all over the you know, mock drafts and where he's going to fall, all those projections. And I guess it's fitting that the average is right there in the middle and that's where we got him. So here we are, case in point. Um, yeah, we learned last year how valuable any depth is really at the offensive line, specifically in the tackle position, especially with, you know, how many motions we're going to be, we are going to see for Matt Canada. And um, he was, was already playing in a pro-style offense as well there at A&M. So I think from an, an, um, you know, an offensive scheme standpoint, um, it could be fluidless. Um, but I see him being, you know, that second, you know, we'll see how, how many camp and training games go, but even like that second stringer as well. Nice. And then the next pick of the draft – Steelers went right back. They went from one Aggie to another Aggie and picked up the inside linebacker from Texas A&M, Buddy Johnson. So two Aggies taken in the fourth round. Ben, I'm starting with you. What is your take on this uh, on Buddy Johnson, this inside linebacker? So we lost a Buddy in free agency and we gained a Buddy in the draft. So <laughs> that's the way I see it. Uh, always bright side. Um, I like him. Um, he's not going to be, I think, a, a, a starter year one. Um, being there at the inside linebacker position, uh, he's going to be having to duke it out with your Spillane, your Williams, um, you know, those guys. Um, he's he. I think he's going to be good in more so, you know, the run blocking, um, you know, collapsing on the line, really, you know, those blitz packages, those types of things. Um, based off of what I've seen, his coverage needs work, uh, but that's something that is able to be coached. And being in a locker room full of veterans, you're going to be getting coached up 24-7-365, so I'm not worried about that. Um, but I think, you know, he's going to be that at a depth here this year. Um, and then, you know, as we see the changing of the guard, the Steelers are obviously going to see him as their number one there, I think. Uh, it's going to be directly next to Devin Bush. Nice. Yeah. And Matt, your, your, your take on Buddy. Yeah, he, he reminds me of Vince Williams 2.0. You know, he's a short, stockier linebacker who just hits and brings power into the run game, you know, plays run defense very well. Um, he's more athletic than Vince Williams was coming out. Um, he's a very good athlete, very quick, offers a little more sideline-to-sideline side 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 speed than Williams did. 
And as we saw, Williams, even Vince was able to uh, add the coverage to his um, repertoire a little later in his career. And I think Buddy can do the same. Um, you know, I had him a little lower on my board just because he kind of is a two-down linebacker at this point. But, you know, he tested really well, so I think that pushed him up some more. Overall, yeah. up there. Nice. Yeah, and Kenneth Beamer, you love that pick too, man. Good seeing you on there. Good to see you, Tim, Carlos, Robert, everybody jumping on here on YouTube. Guys, chime in. We're, we've got a live show right now. If you got any questions, comments, concerns, throw it on here. Uh, round five, our next pick was an interesting one. We didn't have a round five pick. We used a fourth round pick for next year to jump back into the fifth round for where I thought they were going to be taking the cornerback Wade. But they ended up taking a defensive tackle, Isaiah Loudermilk from Wisconsin. So we're just going to skip over this pick. We're going to talk about Quincy Roche now and what he did in the sixth round. This is a complete inside joke with CO Nation. They keep asking me about Loudermilk, and I keep making bad jokes as opposed to talking about Loudermilk and what I think of him. I was... I always say I prefer like a quiet whiskey to a louder milk, uh, and that's what I'm drinking tonight. I've got my whiskey in my glass here, the uh, with my uh, baby uh, Yoda, my Steelers mug, baby fruit as well. Mixing liquors—that's that's, that's an is, interesting choice. And, and it's not a good idea with whiskey and a milk product. Now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> this is a 12-year uh, Highland Park, and I'm enjoying that uh, that whiskey very much. Slightly smoky, a uh, little little bit of sweetness to it, um, but yeah. Jokes aside, let's go back. Defensive tackle from Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a school we love, obviously. Uh, is this a player that even played with TJ? I want to start with you here, Matt, since I ended with you on the last pick. What, what's your thoughts here on Loudermilk? Uh, I don't know if he played with TJ. If he did, he, he didn't play then because that would have been his first year probably. But Loudermilk as a whole, I think he's an all right player. Um He's a well-developed player at where he stands right now. He can come in and provide a little bit of rotation as a backup. I think he lacks a little bit of uh, explosiveness and real potential to ever become a starter. I just hated the idea of the trade, though. I really did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I saw on your on your ranking for that one that was your lowest-rated pick of the draft. Yeah, and, and it, not for the pick itself, you said. Okay, to explain why. Guys. I don't need to explain. You, you can say it. <laughs> You're the striker. I mean, the fact that you already read it, I love it. It's only got posted like an hour ago. I, dude, I'm on. I'm on the ball on this stuff. Yeah. I, I didn't remember who wrote it. That's why I asked you pre-show. But that was why. <laughs> but go ahead, tell tell us. But yeah, it wasn't for him. It was more so the fact that they gave up a pick from next year. Um, right now they have seven picks next year. Now six for that trade, and they expect to get some comp picks, but. Next year, draft's going to be loaded and deep because of all the people that return to school. I mean, everyone was allowed to return to school regardless of their um, status because of the COVID year. So this was actually the lowest number of draft entries in a long time. Wow. There was at least like 15 plus years. So next year's going to just have so many people. So those fourth, fifth round picks are going to probably be people who would normally be, you know, sec third, maybe even second round picks. Wow. That fell down a little bit. So I just hated the idea of it. I understand they're going to fix next year, and they liked him a lot. Um, Tomlin said, you know, hey, we we didn't think a guy like him was even going to be available there, so they had to go get him. But yeah, next year's just such a good draft that I'm not a fan of that. Good points. Ben, do you Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was very surprised. I honestly, uh, I would have gone corner. I mean, I'm surprised even it took them that long to really, you know, it, I know that now we just got done with Clay Johnson, but just addressing the defense as a whole. Yeah. Um, I was just going to be, I was thinking corner the entire time. It is going to be interesting competition at mini camp and preseason of just how the dominoes are going to fall, not so much in the starting roles there along the defensive line. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm thinking, you know, that second tier. Um, because we know injuries are going to happen. As we saw last year, they had a steady rotation, and especially their goal line package as well. Yeah. And, you know, based off of what I've read and I've seen, and the same number is like he plays like a, a, a Cam Hayward. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he transitions. Wisconsin is famous for just breeding the blue-collar bruiser guys in the trenches. Um, so I, I agree with Matt in that I don't, see the immediate value in it, especially with our needs at cornerback and, you know, other defensive positions. But ask me in two to three seasons about it, and I think I would have changed my mind. 
Nice. Yeah, and, and for me, I, I know we have got a quick question on here, too. Tim asked, they have compensa compensation picks for next year. Yes, they do. Uh, the big one being Bud Dupree leaving. I think that Bud Dupree pick they're thinking is going to be a late third. Uh, if not, worst case, it's going to be a fourth. But that's what they were thinking. They're like, well, we can give up our fourth. We're getting an extra pick next year. Though I understand your reasoning also, Matt. It would be nice to have all of those picks instead of having to give one up. But if this guy turns out to be a a, a mini Hayward and getting them here in the fourth round, it's it's a home run pick if it, if it ends up working out that way. So best of luck to Loudermilk. He's going to have to work hard to make this roster because this roster is returning the six players that were already here the previous year. So it's I mean with the starters being Hayward and Tuit and uh, Aluwalu, and then right behind it you've got Bugs, you got Davis, and you've got um, Wormley. So that, that's a tough rotation to break. So we'll see if they keep seven this year. They might. Um, or if he might beat out one of the other ones. Maybe he beats out Wormley or Bugs or Davis. We'll have to see how the camp battles shape up for this year. But the next pick, which I alluded to already, Quincy Roche, linebacker out of Miami, played three years in Temple. This guy looks pretty interesting to the, to the naked eye if you look at his uh, highlight reel, Ben. Um, what are you thinking on Mr. Roche? Outside of Najee Harris, he was the other best pick, I think, of this year's draft for the Steelers. And I think even think overall. Um, I mean, he played behind some great guys at Miami. So it's no question that he was the third best there, you know, on their depth chart. He was listed as an edge and he plays like that. He's going to be playing more so, I think, of that outside linebacker position. So I think that that transition is going to be tough. He's more of an edge guy in terms of collapsing on the line, blitz packages, and doing those types of things as opposed to dropping back into coverage and you know playing in that typical you know that that zone blitz type of scheme that we're used to seeing. Um, but he is a gamer. He hits hard. He. Um, he makes you think twice about running in his direction on the line, and I cannot wait to see what he can do in Pittsburgh. Nice. Matt? Yeah, I like the pick a lot. Um, it was probably my favorite pick of the draft uh, for this nice. team. Uh, I, I'm not going to say probably. It was my favorite pick of the draft. And wow. I, I love this pick. I had him I had him as like a late third-round pick, maybe early fourth. Mm. Um, I had him in my top 100 ranks, so I love him a lot. Um, he's, he's just a football player. He Great technique, just knows how to get to the quarterback, just knows how to make plays. Um, he's a little smaller than some of the other guys, being only 6'3", about 245, you know, a little smaller. I think Highsmith was similar coming out, but he definitely looks bigger than yeah. um, Roche does coming out. But uh, like I said, he's a football player. Um, sometimes you just got to look past the, some of the size and, num and testing numbers to say, this guy knows how to play football. He proved it at Temple for three years where he dominated and then Proved he belong, continuing to do it at Miami, especially considering he has some other names for him. Yeah, like 57 or 59 tackles for a loss in his collegiate career. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. That's, that's some serious numbers this kid's putting up, so I'm looking forward to seeing him hit the team, and also there's very little depth. He's probably going to be sticking to this roster pretty easily with Kasaias Marsh being the only backup really behind TJ and Highsmith. And um, Brian Brown saying Roche is a beast, modern-day J.J. Watt pick. What a steal. So Matt's loving that pick, too. Good good chime in there, too, Brian. Thanks for joining the show. I know uh, Emil Jenkins, too, like in the center. Kenneth Beamer, a little pouncy. We got the stuff going on, so we, yeah, we all miss Bud, too, there, Amelia. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. So next pick we have up here in the... The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. 
from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our Keep Stock Inventory Management Solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash Keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. Seventh round. Now we're the first of our two seventh round picks. Steelers finally address cornerback and Trey Norwood out of Oklahoma. At least, hey, it's a power five conference. Uh, probably a senior, I imagine. Um, Matt, what is what type of cornerback is Trey? Um, he's definitely a slot cornerback. Um, he really didn't play much on the outside. He dabbled a little bit of safety too, so he can kind of give you that versatility. Um, he struggled a little bit this year uh, inconsistency, but he was covering from a torn ACL the previous year, so he wasn't that really full strength. You can kind of, especially early in the year, he was. A little inconsistent, um, but he made some big plays, um, had five interceptions, picked off Kyle Trask in the bowl game. You know, he, he's definitely a splash player. Uh, he's another one of those guys you can't look at his numbers on the sheet because um, he's smaller, didn't test well. Uh, you got to just watch him play, and you can tell he just has a knack for finding the football, for making plays. And uh, I like it. I wish they would have got someone with a little more inside-outside versatility. Um, I don't think he can play on the outside. He never – really had a whole lot in college, just in case the camera's out and experiment on the outside doesn't work out. Yeah. They have to move them back inside. It would be nice to have someone that they can have that more depth on the outside. But overall, not mad about the pick, especially here in the seventh round. I think he has upside in a year or two to definitely fill in some of that slot role. Nice. And Ben? Yeah, now I thought, um, and please correct me if I'm wrong out there, I thought he was listed as a safety um, I know he played at least last year, you know, a lot at the safety position. He put up, um, you know, some decent numbers in terms of interceptions. It seemed like he was just around the ball whenever, you know, on really any play. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if the Steelers kind of picked him up as that, you know, Edmonds fallback plan. Um, I think he plays, though, more as like a free safety as opposed to strong safety, which is where Edmonds is. So I think that transition is going to be tough because he's pretty undersized for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he does have that versatility where if the Steelers need that slot corner, you know, that inside corner, he could adapt to it. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him start more as that backup safety or special team. Yeah, unfortunately, he did play a decent amount of safety this year, but unfortunately, he just doesn't have the size to be that Edmund backup who was in the yeah. box. A lot. He, he's not a... He's not a tremendous tackler. I mean, even Mike Hilton, even though he was small, I think he would have been an okay safety just because he was a fearless tackler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Norwood doesn't necessarily have that, at least yet. Maybe, who knows? Maybe, uh, that's just one of those skills that's kind of always been hard to teach, in my opinion, just the fearlessness going to hit someone. Yeah. And that was odd, too. Like, as we were working through the draft, they did have Norwood listed as a safety on ESPN and then promptly changed it to cornerback once we drafted him. Uh, same thing happened when we drafted Kendrick Green, who was listed as a guard, and then they changed it to center. Um, so they're, they're just, I think they're trying to just change it to see what fits us better. Ah, who knows? <laughs> but now we're getting to the last pick of the draft. It was only five picks, I think, before the end of the draft. This was one of my absolute favorite picks of the draft. I honestly thought I, I, I've mocked center to the, the Steelers this year. Or not, sorry, mocked punter to the Steelers this year, and I was hoping it was going to be the last pick. Um, I actually had Duffy on my mock, but I was happy as hell to see that Presley Harvin third was drafted out of Georgia Tech, the biggest punter I've probably ever seen. Uh, ben, what does this guy mean to you? I know what he means to me, but what does he mean to you? Because I, I thought of you the entire time. Like, <laughs> oh, I, that striker is just having fun <laughs> way up there. Yeah, uh, I, I was already I, six drinks in, and I cracked another one, and I was like, that was it. The party was on. <laughs> as you should. I like it. I like it. I think, um, and I highlighted him here yesterday. I mean, the Steelers, if you think about just the overall Steelers team, the punting game has really been lackluster. I mean, I'm not saying that Jordan Berry is bad. He, he's been averaging kind of in the middle, you know, if you're comparing him to the overall league. 
And just based off of the last 2020 season, I mean, Harvin III has has surpassed all of that. He was a, a you know a Ray Guy winner, um, yeah. you know, um, you know, an All American, All ACC player. Yeah. Um, he's great. I think he's a great directional punter. Um, has a great leg and one untangible, intangible asset, if you want to call it that, would be the way that he can handle snaps. So it also shows that he can adapt to being the holder as well in the special teams packages. Um, he was great with, you know, handling bad snaps uh, over his head. He's, I mean, he's a huge target. He's kind of hard to miss. Um, but I, I think he's going to be definitely fun to watch there. You know, if, if you're pinned back deep and you need a big play in order to flip the field position, he's the guy. And your thoughts there, Matt? Definitely the most fun pick of the draft, and it's really not even close. Um, he, he's an absolute unit of a human being. Um, <laughs> I, love, I love that term. Now, describe to Steeler Nation what a unit is, because I love that term. Um, a unit, I'll give another comparison. Ramon Foster is a unit. <laughs> AC Hampton was a unit. They are just large individuals that you stick them there and you're just like, whoa. It makes you it makes you take a step back and be like, without even knowing they're football players or anything, you just go, whoa. Yeah. Yep. But um it, it, I love it. Uh it was clear last year they wanted to move on from Jordan Barry. I mean, they didn't re-sign him and they tried finding a replacement for him, but then uh, brought him back early in the year because they didn't really have much success. Uh, Harvin has a massive leg, um, can really put some deep ones out there. Uh my one buddy actually went to Georgia Tech and he he wasn't as high on him as I was, or as some of the media was, but I'm like, hey, I think you're just sensitive because Georgia Tech wasn't as good as, you know, usual. You probably saw him out there a little too much. You probably wish he would stay had to be on the sideline a little more, but um, <laughs> no, I love the pick. And I think uh, Danny Smith's going to get a good one here that he could do. Nice. And and for me, I mean, I was going to make menses, but Scotty dripping over there on YouTube, he can throw. And I did see that highlight also of Percy Harvin. Uh, dropping that dime, that 40-yard bomb down the sideline, really great throw. Um, so looking forward to um, seeing him help out, possibly with uh, mixing some things up in special teams, maybe some gadget plays, maybe some uh, some fake punts coming in here too. I mean, don't get me wrong, I was a Barry guy. I love the Aussie role. I love the, the Aussie punters with it because Barry never got touchbacks. Touchbacks were rare for Barry. Mm-hmm. So – that's a big thing, too, with the Steelers. They like it when we're not giving them an extra 20 yards of field position. And if we can help that out, then if, if, if this guy can do it and help us with being a directional kicker as opposed to a, a coffin kicker, it'll be really, really interesting to see. And uh, so now we've covered the entire draft. I, I think now probably we do you want to talk about the draft grades? Should we walk through the undrafted rookie free agents first? I mean, the only one of the undrafted un, undrafted rookies that I love is Shakur Brown, which is the cornerback out of Michigan State. I'm, I'm honestly really surprised that he wasn't drafted. I had him going. It, it was, yes, later in the draft, but like 6-7. And yeah. to see him go undrafted absolutely shocked me. I don't know if there was something else out there, if there's an IV injury that we just don't know about. But I'm glad that the Steelers were happy to pounce on him. He's going to be that um, – you know, that inside corner guy, he's going to be that lockdown Mike Hilton. Yeah. Right. Yes. Nice. And I think he's, it's going to be a great fit for him. Um, you know, he's a yard dog. He's a hitter. He, he is, is extremely uh, willing and ready here to get after it. So uh, everyone out there, he was my favorite signing there after the draft. Oh, yeah. He, he was definitely the – he made the undrafted free agent class – good by himself um wow i'd be shocked if he doesn't make the roster uh like you said he's a physical player um primarily plays in the slot has a little bit of versatility you go inside outside even um in a pinch uh yeah. i love him i had him in my top 115 at the very back i think in the high 140s mm-hmm. i thought he was going to be like a fifth round pick maybe a fourth um just because he was kind of niche in the slot yeah a little bit but he's tough physical guy I like him a lot. I got to see him play a little bit out of uh, Michigan State. Um, I, I think they did a, well with their undrafted free agents. They went after the positions they didn't really get to fill high in the drafts, which was edge and quarterbacks and uh, yeah. secondary as a whole. Um, and even their wide receivers, considering this is the first year they didn't draft wide receivers. And 
thinks it's, it's been a, it's been a been quite a while. So yeah. I, I think they did a good job getting the people that they weren't able to get to the draft and getting some names that I think have a chance to make the roster. And I, I thought it was interesting that they only the only undrafted rookie free agents picked up were either a cornerback, a linebacker, a wide receiver, or a safety. So they really they only addressed the secondary, the wide receiver position, and linebacker as well. And these obviously look more like special teams player. Let's just touch on them quickly. Um, we'll touch on the uh, the other corner that they picked up. That was uh, Mark Gilbert out of Duke. Um, Matt, did you hear anything about Gilbert or can you tell Steeler Nation a little bit about him? Um, I really didn't evaluate him much before, but I read up on him after. Um, the reason I didn't evaluate him, there wasn't much to evaluate. Uh, he really hasn't played since 2017 last yeah, year. Yeah, he's been out hurt, Yeah, I think he played like 200 snaps last year combined. Um, I watched a couple uh, series of him from back in 2017 after I found out who he was, and he looked good. He looked real good. Um, but, you know, after injuries, you really don't know what he's going to be like. So, I mean, I'm fine with it at a dark throw. Nice. And Ben? Yeah, I agree. I mean, if it wasn't for, you know, the injury bug, I mean, he would have been drafted, I think. Okay. Um, but, I mean, it just it, it's a part of the game. you got to play into it. So, um, I mean, yeah, I, I might say it's a, it's a great low-risk, high-reward play. Nice. And th- this is the thing, too. This is what I like about the Steelers' style of drafting now. They used to sometimes take a chance on that injured player, hoping that he'd come around with like a mid-round pick, maybe a late-round pick. But now they're like, everybody that we're drafting within our picks is healthy, good players can play. And they're using kind of undrafted rookie free agency to say, maybe we can find a diamond in the rough here. Maybe this is where we're going to take our flyers on these injured players, see if they can stick around. Now, we'll just go by position. I think it'll be easier just to do a couple at a time since everybody's kind of grouped into groups of two. So we'll stick in the secondary. Donovan Steiner, safety out of Florida. Lamont Wade, safety out of Penn State. So, Ben, can you tell me about the safeties here picked up? What type of players are they? They're, I think, they had, you know, based off of what I saw, they're kind of the same player, the same package, where they're, um, you know, they're, they are a little bit undersized, but whenever they tackle, they aim for the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially with Wade out of Penn State. I mean, he put his hand on the ball, his his helmet on the ball, he made turnovers. Like, he made Justin Fields, uh, he, he hit him so hard that he fumbled at the one-yard line and he recovered it for a touchback. So, it, yeah, it's one of those where, yes, they are undersized. Um, they're definitely going to have some growing up to do. They are going to have some competition, I think, as they move into that 53-man roster. Um, but we need safety depth. And they are going to give, you know, Trey Norwood being, you know, the only drafted safety. Um, but they are they are definitely going to be, I think, if not both of them, at least one is still going to be here on the roster probably into the next couple of seasons. Nice. Matt, do you have anything to add? Yeah, both, I think, have some special teams capability. Um, I like Steiner a little more than Wade just because I've got to see Wade at Penn State probably more often. Steiner, I just probably didn't get as much of the – negative plays on him just because it's harder to find the negative plays than it is to find the good plays unless you watch the full game. Yeah. Um, like Ben said, uh, they're, they're both football players. They're both, you know, they know how to play the game. They're not afraid to tackle. They're, you know, I, I like Steiner just because of his size. Um, he has kind of throw it and build to him. So I think he could be a good backup in his long term. Nice. Nice. So let's move over to the wide receivers. Uh, Rico Bussey out of, out of Hawaii and, Isaiah McCoy out of Kent State. Matt, I'll start with you. These speed guys, these tall guys, they fast guys, what's, what, what type of receivers are we looking at? Yeah, both, both are big play guys. Um, Bussey's more does it with um, quickness. Kind of reminds me of a Deontay Johnson a little bit. Okay. Um, may not test in a super fast 40, but he's quick in and out of the breaks, um, has real quick feet, real sudden, can get separation. Um, whereas McCoy reminds me of like a poor man's Martavis Bryant, you know, long strider. Um, once he gets a step on you, he's gone. You're not catching him. Um, but he's kind of really a one-trick pony right now, at least what I've seen of him. Um, I like Bussy. I think, like I said, he's kind of a poor man's Deontay, but closer to him just because he has that suddenness. Nice. Ben? Yeah, I like Bussy. He actually transferred out of North Texas there and played his final season at Hawaii. 
So he's going to be in for a very rude awakening, I think, whenever he wanes at Pittsburgh. Um, but that's either here nor there. Um, he, he, he plays very long. He has very long arms. He's very lanky. Um, so he's able to go up there in the red zone and make the catches. I see him being more of like that red zone threat there. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, I, I agree there with McCoy. I mean, he's going to be, you know, that boomer bust type of player. So it's going to be interesting to see really how that translates. And I mean, we know the Steelers love their pack players. Yeah. Um, so he may see some favorability there, especially, uh, with Deontay. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how his skills translate there up to the next level. And then the last uh, position we have here for undrafted rookie free agents, we've got linebackers, two of them. Calvin Bundage, Oklahoma State. Jamar Watson, linebacker from Kentucky. Ben, I'll start with you on this one. Yeah, um, they're both inside guys. They both play very much inside. They're not going to be really moving out too much. Um they're more of, I see, as being like in those blitz packages, very much to what we see with Buddy Johnson, but not really quite at that level yet. They're still going to have some catching up to do in terms of how, how to call the plays there on defense, because ultimately, you know, with an inside linebacker, whenever you draft one, you see them as being a play caller on defense, having to pipe in their helmet. So um, they're going to have a lot of growing up to do, and Devin Bush is going to be there, I think, as a great coach for them. Yes. Um, and, I mean, as of right now, they're going to be special teamers. They're going to be there for depth because, again, we know that depth is important at the inside linebacker position. Yes. Um, but I see them there more as special teamers, maybe some specialized blitz packages, um, then obviously then growing into, you know, that starting role. Nice. Matt? No, I, I could be wrong, but I thought Jamar Watson was more of an outside linebacker. Um, I could be wrong on that. Um, oh. The, I only watched one game of him, and he was at – Lining up outside, uh, he got a sack out there. So I could be wrong. But um, I, I know a little bit more about him just because he went to Kentucky and me living down in Cincinnati. Everyone talks about freaking Kentucky. Yeah. I, feel like it's, I feel like I'm in Kentucky and it drives me up a wall. You're in Cincinnati. You know that. <laughs> I live 35 minutes from the damn border and I <laughs> can't even freaking. I lived closer to Pennsylvania when I lived in Youngstown. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Down in Kentucky. But no, I was still Ohio. Yeah, right. But, uh, um, yeah, I, Watson, I think, uh, has a little bit of a leg up if he does have that pass rush ability. Uh, Bundage, I know, got it hurt and really was just a, a pure rotational player this last year for Oklahoma State because I know he had a back injury prior to that. So um, I think he basically being out a year and then not playing a whole lot last year because of that injury, I think he might have a longer road to get in. Um, but it's good to see them at least addressing that those uh, positions um, with some depth there. But they did give Buddy Johnson a draft, so, I mean, they, they have a deep room there now. Nice. And Steeler Nation, last chance to get in some questions here. We're going to be going to questions very soon. We just got a couple things to talk about here. Uh, Tim Y., I wanted to say you, you made an interesting point. Just watch that short video on Steeler Nation site today on our Steeler Nation YouTube, www.youtube.com backslash Steeler Nation. Uh, today with Noel taking Jerry Glanville's ego down a few notches. And that was amazing. Bill Wyshynski put that up. Uh, he did an article on that as well. Go over to SteelerNation.com. You can read that article that's paired to that video. Uh, it's an interesting piece just to see Noel get all fired up uh, when he thought uh, J uh, Jerry Glanville's uh, players were taking cheap shots at his players. And uh, that's one of the few times in, in NFL history you've ever seen any emotion out of Chuck Noel, who was just so freaking stoic. Um, but yeah, that's a really, really neat moment for Steeler fans to be able to see something like that out of, out of old Chaz, old coach Chaz, the emperor, emperor Chaz. Uh, so we had a couple moves here then too, due to the draft, uh, Steelers waived tight end Charles Jones. I really didn't know or remember that player and punter Corliss Waitman, who was on the roster last year. It looked like he had a shot of getting in there because I heard that he could also I thought the reason that we put him on the COVID roster was that he could punt and kick. And then when um, Boz got hurt, we brought in a different kicker. We didn't go with him. So evidently he can't kick. So <laughs> punting is all he can do. Any, anybody know these players? At least, I mean, we all kind of knew Waitman, but weigh in at least on these players that the Steelers dropped. Matt, I can start with you. 
If I'm not mistaken, I believe he could do kickoffs. He couldn't necessarily. He wasn't the best place kicker. Good call. Um, yeah, place kicker is definitely probably harder to kick off, so at least I would think. Um, yeah. A little smaller of an aiming target. So. Um, <laughs> True. Uh, I don't think either of them are going to be on the roster next year. Um, no. I think the rules are going to be very tighter next year. You're not going to be able to have as many players, especially now with uh, um, all the vaccination law and everything. So yeah. both those players kind of had roles somewhat new to that and. Uh, Overall, I don't think they'll get brought back, at least not for the Steelers. Yeah, and Ben? Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I agree. There was, um, I mean, with COVID, it gave a lot of the undrafted guys and a lot of the no-name guys, you know, that chance to sneak onto a roster. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think that's why they were brought on. Um, it came as no surprise to me whatsoever, especially seeing as how well they did with the draft. And the other. Pickup that happened, the Steelers did go out and grab another cornerback, and they picked up a guy by the name of Demarcus Aitzi. So, Steeler Nation, the forum was a buzz at this pickup. Ben, can you tell us a little bit about Aitzi? Yeah, I think um, he was drafted last year. Mm-hmm. Um, one, or no, he, went, I, he may have gone undrafted and signed with the 49ers and then was dropped shortly thereafter. So, yeah. that's why he wasn't you know, an undrafted free rookie or anything like that. Um, I think he's going to be brought in to help bolster, again, that slot corner position. I feel like, as a little bit of a sidebar, the Steelers now see a lot more value in that slot corner, that inside corner position that they've ever seen before, um, seeing that how well you know Hilton did and Sutton did, yeah. and now that's going to be missing, and yeah. they're now trying to replenish that. And Ayers is there, I'm sorry, AC is going to add to that. Um, and there, I think they also used him in lieu of drafting a formal corner there in the draft. Nice. And Matt, anything to add on AC? Uh, no, Ben hit nail on the head, undrafted. Yeah. Ben's a pounds of practice squads. Um, uh, the only thing else I knew was he was a high character guy. I used to go to team captain and represented uh, Missouri at some of their media days. So. Um, at least they get a high character guy in the locker room that you know is probably going to work hard and uh, set a good example for some of the other uh, rookies and undrafted guys. Nice. And this is interesting also because right now at this point, Steelers have 93 players on the roster. So, and their only reason why they're able to have so many players right now is because obviously they haven't signed any of the, the, the drafted players yet. So once they start signing drafted players, they're going to have to dump three extra players. So I don't think they get any roster exemptions this year. Uh, as we're moving in, it's usually 90s to set for training camp and moving into that. So we'll see a couple of these uh, lower guys probably dropping off the roster here in the next month once uh, all the drafted players start signing in. Since they're slotted, it's no big deal anymore for waiting for Steelers, waiting for any drafted player to get slotted or to get signed because we all know how it's going to work. Nobody can hold out, get more money. The NFLPA took care of that, fortunately. Uh, yeah. That's one less thing for fans to ever have to worry about again. So. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll come over here to the chat lines, Mr. Nick of time. He hopped on, he wanted to pop up and say, may the force be with you all Steeler nation. Cheers. It's his birthday. Going to watch some star Wars. Go to watch some wars of the star. I'm sorry. That's a much better way to phrase. I'll watch mm-hmm. this later though. So great. Mr. Nick of time. Thank you at least for joining us for a bit of your birthday to pop up and may the force be with you. So that's my Yoda there. And, uh, I'm just checking here quickly for any more questions. Hey there, good evening. One day closer to the season starting. Thanks, Mr. Hammers. We love seeing you in the draft. Uh, good for you to jump on here tonight. Iris Steeler, thank you very much. Great podcast. Big fan from Ireland. You're a big fan from Ireland. Good to, good to meet you there, uh, uh, Mr. Iris Steeler. Good to have you. You're welcome here anytime. Uh, have a little have a little drink with us, a little Irish whiskey, a little bit of chill martin. Love that. Love that. It's a good Irish whiskey. So uh, many, many cheers, many blessings on you and your house and your family. And, Welcome very much for coming over. Yeah, I'm very fluent in my Irish. I love the islands. Traveled there, traveled the whole island with my wife. That was impressive. (laughs) You went off. (laughs) (laughs) I like Conor McGregor. That's one of my things. Yeah, yeah. My my family's Irish. We are from uh, County Mayo. My um, wife's family's from uh, County Galway. So uh, we've got, we're just, our ancestors were. just a line apart, you know, not far apart at all. And we found that out. We had a nice, I think it was like our 10-year anniversary when it went through and toured the uh, the aisles. And that was supposed to be what we were supposed to do for our um, 
honeymoon. That's what they call it after you get married. But uh, <laughs> we got we got a free trip from the the uh, an aunt and uncle of hers to go to a timeshare in uh, St. Martin, and we took that up and then waited. We put off the Ireland trip for a bit. When we did, we we did the whole island. It was awesome. It was a great time. Uh, but yeah, always always big in my heart, Ireland. I, I can't wait to get back as well. Tim Tim Y showing some Irish love here as well. Um, which they would say be back the punt pass and kick. That's usually just for the kids, Tim. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like a big yeah. I remember when the Steelers won so often back as a kid. I got upset if the if the punt pass and kick kid wearing a Steelers attire lost, and I get upset. Yeah, and you always tended to see like one kid from like Aliquippa, like out there in a Steeler jersey for punt pass and kick, and they always usually would highlight them for like the AFC and NFC championship games. That was like the halftime thing they'd always do for that. But yeah. Getting rid of them to put up some bad music and crap like that now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now we got some questions from Steeler Nation. Cheers to you, Steeler Nation. I'm having some Irish whiskey. And actually, I'm having some Scots whiskey. So I'm having some that got to change the accent here. I'm having some Scots whiskey. And that's with the Steeler one. And um, are you, Kenneth Beamer asks, so are you guys liking our new tight end over Ebron? I'm loving it. Is this an over thing for you guys, or is this like a – like a like more tight end make more tight end talent making the room better. Matt, what's your thought? Um, I don't think it's over Ebron, um, especially not this year. Uh, tight ends are a hard position to come in and truly be that week one starter um, in the NFL. Most people need a year or two. Um, you know, unless you're like Kyle Pitts, I think he might be a week one starter. Just a hint. Um, but uh, I think he'll be a solid number two behind Ebron coming. Um, maybe relieve him at times and um, especially in run blocking situations. But uh, he's, he's, he's a good receiver, but he's obviously not the dynamic beast that Ebron is. And I'm going to get some backlash for that because people say Ebron can't catch him. I'm sure to me after saying that, but uh, I think he's more of a long-term option than death and number two for this year. Yeah. And Ben? Yeah. I mean, I agree, but if you also think about the Steelers offense um, here, I guess up to like last year, they always, or they like to play with a two tight end set as well. So like the whole stacking on the depth chart is kind of out the window because they're going to play, you know, Ebron in the slot, move there on the line or vice versa. So um, they're each going to get their own, you know, their, their own snaps, their own catches, everything like that. So um, yeah, it's going to be Ebron number one, but that's not going to, really play into mutes uh in any of his playing time yeah i'm kind of frustrated they didn't do that more advanced last year yeah yeah me too so yeah with me also like there's no way in my mind that i see Muth starting right away unless ebron got hurt um come on in um otherwise you know the other aspect of that would that i really love about you want to say goodbye to everybody good night to everyone this is my daughter viola she's going to bed She's loving Star Wars Day. She had her Star Wars shirt on all day today. So, uh, <laughs> but, night, the, night. but the one thing that I love about Muth is it came out that he has never dropped a pass in his collegiate career. Oh, wow. And that is something that we definitely need is another short-handed tight end that we haven't had since Keith Miller. That was the last last sure-handed sure-handed catcher we had and i don't even love brewer's hands before him uh it seems like you know jesse james did his best though when he caught didn't catch the ball everybody knew he caught the ball but yeah right <laughs> so so yeah but that's that's at least my take on that um yeah every, yeah the brains of the family is here you're right robert this is definitely <laughs> her and uh this is viola and uh she's loving it here she always loves to get on camera at least for a little bit Okay, there might have been a drop in the highlights. Lidos is saying Carlos Goncalves from uh, Venezuela. Um, could be, uh, but from what I know, is he definitely did not ever drop a pass in the red zone. Something that Jesse James and Eric Ebron can never say. So, oh, a full game, out of full game. I appreciate that, Lidos. That's cool. That's cool. So thank you, everyone, for chiming in, guys. That's been a full episode of the Steeler Nation Draft Recap Show, Star Wars Edition. And guys, you got to follow Matt and Ben on Twitter. We've got 
We got Ben at the Ben Sauce underscore da. That's T H E B E N S A U C E underscore D U H. And Matt Papiernik at Matt underscore Papiernik, M A T T underscore P A P I E R N I K. Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming back from your wedding activities from this past weekend and joining me on this recap. It's been a pleasure as always, gentlemen. Thank you. Always a pleasure joining Straker. And now we get to see the. You're the best member of the family. Yes. <laughs> and may the fourth be with you, uh, the both of you as well. Likewise. Yes, sir. <laughs> and Steel Nation, read our great articles over at SteelerNation.com. Tweet us at SteelerNation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at underscore SN Podcast. Or follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm actually posting on Instagram now. So that's at SN Striker. Striker spelled with a Y. Thanks for joining us on the SteelerNation.com podcast. Sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises, I'm your host, G. Stryker, with Matt Papiernik and Ben McCallion, rooting along with you, as always, oh, Steelers! For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.